Welcome to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. If you could please turn with me to 2 Peter, the second epistle of Peter, chapter 1. We're picking up in verse 5. We're going to look at verses 5 to 9, Lord willing. The title of our message is Add to Your Faith. Add to your faith. Have faith in Jesus Christ. You're called to bring glory to God and you're called to do things the way he wants through the conviction of the Holy Spirit and through the word of God. We're not called to be like the world. We're called to do what's right. I remember being at a pastor's conference and one of the pastors shared about how his father, his dad, with Father's Day and all, his dad had a dream, and in his dream, he was on an escalator, and he, on the escalator, his escalator was going up, and his friend, that's a city council member, was going on an escalator going down, and he realized in the dream, he was going up to heaven, and his friend was going down into hell, and in his dream, his friend that was going down into hell yelled up to him, why didn't you tell me? And his answer was, well, I I did, I did, in other words, kind of. He goes, no, why didn't you make it real to me? If it was real to you, why didn't you make it real to me? That was his dream. And he woke up, he was so shook up, he called up his friend, he met with his friend immediately. And he says, "Uh, you know I'm a Christian? He goes, yeah, he goes, but I want to tell you something. This is real to me. Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins. He changed my life. I'm born of his Holy Spirit. My life has changed. I need to make this real to you. And that man accepted Christ as his personal Lord and Savior. Not only did he accept Christ, but his wife ended up accepting Christ and his whole family got saved. Being a Christian is doing, not just having faith in Jesus Christ, but it's doing what's right. It's doing what we're supposed to be doing, what we're called to do. I love what Paul the Apostle said in Galatians 6, 7. He says, do not be deceived. You know this one. God is not For whatever a man sows, that shall he also For if he sows to his flesh, he will also reap corruption. You know what that means? So we have faith in Jesus Christ, but we keep sowing to the flesh. We keep doing things our way. Corruption, corrupt. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Listen to this, verse 9. And let us not grow weary while doing, doing good, doing what's right. Don't grow weary doing what's right. Why? For in due season you shall reap if you do not lose heart. It's an exhortation for us, those of us, if you're doing what's right, keep doing what's right. Keep being used by God. Turn away from things that are not of God. I love what we're told also in Colossians 1.10. For that, so it says, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him. That's doing what's right. Being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. We're doing what's right. And once we do what's right, we have understanding and we grow spiritually. So that brings us to the next part, the knowledge of God. Add to, your virtue, add to virtue knowledge. 
This word means practical knowledge. It's to know what's right and what's wrong. It's to know what's true or false. It's, it's not, it, you're not falling for deception. Do you realize we live in a world that's very deceiving? People are calling things true when they're false. They're calling things white when they're black. They're celebrating babies being killed in the womb, and they say that's a celebration. Let's all clap. Let's stand. Let's give this person a standing ovation. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. We're to have knowledge. We're to, to know, practical knowledge. God wants us to know as believers. We're not to be ignorant of truth. What's right, what's wrong. It's, it's in here. We have an instruction book. And it's, this is our instruction book. The, it's an open book test. Isn't that great? Don't you wish when you went to school it was an open book test? How easy would that be? But it's an open book test. We have the answers right in front of us. His word gives us practical knowledge, practical wisdom for everyday life. But also interesting, the, the same word is used in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. It says, husbands, likewise, dwell with them with understanding. That's the same word, knowledge. And, and it's to understand with your wife, dwell. Husbands, dwell with your wife with, with intimacy, to know them, to understand them, to, to know them intimately, to, to know them personally. And it's important that we, we know the Lord that way, not just the knowledge of the word of God, but really knowing him personally, intimately, hanging out with him, spending time with him, knowing him more and more as we, we hang out with him. My wife and I will be married this, uh, this year 19 years. It's just unbelievable. Yeah, praise God. And I remember when I was courting her, as we call it. You know, we were courting. It was a short courtship. But we were in Austria for two weeks. We were at a missions conference in Austria, probably one of the most beautiful places I've ever been to in my whole entire life. It's beautiful in Austria. Uh, Calvary Costa Mesa, they, they own a castle there. And they have a, it was just a beautiful place. There's a lake there. And so we went on walks with the, in the, by the lake. We I went to you know, restaurants and hung out. And at nighttime, I've shared this once before, but there was a couch that was in the hallway. You know, they had, you know, obviously we weren't married yet, so we're, the guys slept on their side, the women slept on their side over there, but there was a couch in between. So we, was, we stayed on the couch and we would, they named the couch the courting couch because we were just courting her. And we just spent time getting to know each other. And I would read the Bible to her and we would talk and we would, we would you know, because... We knew each other for a short period of time. So we were hanging out, just getting to know each other. And I think I shared this with you once too. She even took her makeup off in front of me. To, she says, I want you to see what you're getting into. <laughs> it took some time to adjust. No, no, just no, no, no. <laughs> just a joke, just a joke. That was just a joke. Just a joke. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's Father's Day. Extra grace on me, please. Extra grace. 
it was, it was, I mean, it was really pathetic, though. I mean, because we'd sit there, and the good thing was it was great because, you know, we're out in the open, people are walking by, but we would stay up, you know, all hours, and we're just talking and getting to know each other. It was just pathetic. We'd be like, bye, you know, she, I'm going to my side. She's, well, see you later. And then, well, let's talk about this for a while. And we'd be up to like two, three in the morning, had to get up at seven. It was just, a, it was just crazy. But the next day, we would go on walks together and hang out. Why? Because I wanted to get to know the one I was going to spend the rest of my life with. 19 years later, we still go on walks together. We still love hanging out together. We still love dining together. I'm still getting to know her. And she's still getting to know me, but it's deeper. It's more mature. We're to have the knowledge of God. We're to hang out with him. We're to get to know him better. We're to spend time with him. That's what this book is about. This is how we grow I shared with you last week that someone once said, if you take care of the depths of your devotional life with the Lord, he will take care of the width of your ministry and your family life, and he'll, he'll take care of everything else. But that, that devotional time hanging out with the creator, can you, can, you put, can you wrap your mind around this? The God that created everything that's, you know, the word in, in Hebrew when it says bara, he, he made things out of nothing. He said light be, light was, bara, out of nothing. He spoke the stars in existence out of nothing. Bara, we can't do that. He wants to hang out with you. He wants to spend time with you. I believe our marriage would be a mess if I wasn't hanging out with my wife. If I'd go away for six months and a year and say, oh, honey, yeah, how you doing there? Yeah, oh, you holding down the fort. Oh, good, hold down the fort. I'll be home in two weeks, but I got to go after that. I'll be gone another year and a half. Yeah, we can do that with God. Add to your faith virtue. Add to your faith knowledge. Know him. Know him through his word. Spend time in his word. But know him through prayer. Spend time with him in prayer. Know him personally. Talk with him. Do you sing to the Lord? I, I love singing to the Lord. You might say, I have a terrible voice. Well, he'll, he gave it to you, so give it back to him. Just talk. Just <laughs> he loves hearing it. Maybe some others around you, your friends might not like hearing you sing, but he loves hearing you sing. I find it interesting, the virtue and knowledge go hand in hand. We, we're told that in Proverbs chapter 2. Proverbs chapter 2, 6, it says, For the Lord gives wisdom, from his mouth comes knowledge. Hang out with him, you'll get wisdom and knowledge and understanding. You want understanding? It comes from the Lord. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk uprightly. You want wisdom, you want understanding, hang out with them, but also do what's right. Be upright. He guards the path of the justice. He preserves the way of the saints. You want your life preserved? Are you a saint today? The Bible really teaches you're either a saint or an aide, right? Preserves the way of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice, equity, and every good path when wisdom enters your heart and knowledge is pleasant to your soul. Verse 10, discretion will preserve you. Understanding will keep you to deliver you from the way of evil, from the man who speaks per perverse things. We need this. Men are speaking very perverse things these days. From those who leave the paths of righteousness to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil. Do you know people that are rejoicing in doing evil? Stay away from them. And delight in the, in the perversity of the wicked 
whose ways are crooked and who are devious in their path. Verse 16, to deliver you from the immoral woman, from the seductress who flatters with her words. Father's Day, fathers, dads, stay away. Seek the Lord. Spend time with him. Know him, knowledge. Let's go on. Let's look at our the next one. Add to knowledge self-control. Self-control. This basically means say no to ungodly passions and pleasures. Turn away from them. Also means not being controlled by your desires and your passions. Can I say this as believers? We must not allow the things of this world to control us. We're to have one master, and that master is to be Jesus Christ mastering over us by his Holy Spirit. Don't allow different things in this world to master you. Not sex, not money, not alcohol, not drugs, not food, not pride, not power, on and on and on. My question to all of us that are in this room, I'm going to ask, and those that are watching in that camera right now, I'm going to ask, what is controlling your life? Who is controlling your life? God's a jealous God. He wants to master over you. He wants to rule over you. He wants to dominate you, and it's a good thing. And if there's something that's mastering your life, that's taking control of your life, you need to repent. You need to turn. You need to turn away from it and ask God for deliverance because God will deliver you from that. And he wants to deliver you from that. There's temptations that we're going to deal with till the day we die. And the enemy knows your weakness. The enemy knows what, what it takes to make you fall. But guess what? God has given you power over that and God wants to deliver you and God wants to set you free and God wants to help you and he wants to give you self-control and it's available to all of us. It's part of you know, the, the fruit of the spirit, self-control by the power of the Holy Spirit. We have everything we need to live a life of, of life and godliness. God wants to give you that power by his Holy Spirit. He's able, and I just want to exhort you today, if there's anything, I'm going to repeat myself, if there's anything that's mastering your life besides God and his spirit, you need to turn from it. Or you might just want to be the way you are. But God doesn't want you to be that way, and he has hope for you, and he has help for you. His spirit living in you is greater. You hear people today, (laughs) if it feels good, do it. Or just felt right. I just, you know, I hear some people just say, oh, yeah, um, you know, whatever, wherever my heart leads me, that's where I go. Well, do you know the Bible says the heart is deceit, deceitful? It's wicked above all things. Who can know it? We need our hearts cleansed. It's getting awfully quiet in here. You guys okay? <laughs> wow. Wow. Proverbs 28, 26 says, he who trusts in his own heart is a What? Doesn't the world tell you trust in your heart? Follow your heart? Do whatever your heart tells you to do? I just follow my heart, pastor. You're being deceived. No, don't follow your own heart. Follow the Lord. Follow his word. Be led in the spirit. Have self-control. Say no to those things of this world. Say no to the things that, that come your way that are not godly. But whoever walks wisely will be, can we say that word together? Delivered. So don't trust in your own heart because if you do, you're a fool. But if you walk wisely, you will be delivered. Wow. 
self-control, be delivered. Proverbs 16.32 goes good with this also. It says, he who is slow to anger is better than the mighty, but this part is the part I want to highlight. And he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. We think that, wow, we read of in history those that conquered cities, those that were emperors and took over and these mighty men. But guess what? Rule your spirit. Say no and have self-control. And it's greater than someone that even takes a city. Amen? Amen. Okay. That's good. Add to self-control, perseverance. Basically means don't give up. Persevere. Even through the toughest trials of life, even through disappointments that will happen in this life, even through discouragements, go forward. Trust God. Through the battles of life, go forward. Trust God. When I was in sixth grade, I was overweight in middle school. Maxine Middle School. I had a teacher. He was my history teacher. After school, after his class, he was also the track coach. I didn't know that until after this particular class. He came up to me and he says, he says, Joe, I want you to be on my team. And I was like looking like, (laughs) seriously, I was like, I'm thinking, is he crazy? I go, what? He goes, I'm the track coach. And uh, he says, you know, I I really want you to be part of my team. And I'm like, what does he see that I don't see? What do you mean part of the team? I, I can't even run up to the block and back. And he says, well, we're having practice at such and such time. Show up and, you know, I want you to, Join us, okay? And I showed up, and our first, I'll never forget, our first thing he asked all of us to do, and there was just a handful of us, and none of us ran before. And he says, I want you to go once around the whole block. And this was the, the school block, so this is a one big block. I'm thinking, I've never ran that far in my life. And he says, when you get about halfway or so, you'll probably notice like a pain in your side. He says, if you can, just push on. Keep going because that pain will probably go away and just keep, try to push through. Try to make it to the end. So sure enough, I started going around the block. I started going halfway through. I'm like, oh man, my side is killing me. I'm just, I, don't, I just want to stop. I just want to die. I just want, can I take a nap right now? But I remember the coach told me, you know, this is going to have a little pain. Just push through and you can make it to the end. So I just pushed through and made it to the end. Met him at, you know, next practice, it was a lot easier to go the second time. It was a whole lot easier to go the third time. Then we were going twice around the school. Then he had us running up and down the stairs. Then he had us doing all kinds of drills. Then he had us doing all kinds of sprints. Then he had us doing all kinds of stuff. And I lost weight real fast. And I loved it. I loved being on the track team. And as far as I can remember, as good as my, best as my mind can remember, I think I I placed every single time, every track meet, I I placed. I got either first or third place every single time because I had a coach that was able to spend time with me and to tell me, persevere, endure. Jesus is telling us, you're going to, you're going to have some aches in the side. You're going to have some problems in ministry. You're going to have some problems in your walk, but keep going forward. Keep trusting me. I'll be with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'm with you always, even to the ends of the age. 
So perseverance is important. Perseverance, godliness. Add to perseverance, godliness. This means reverence towards God. It speaks of being aware that God is with us everywhere we go. If you, if you truly believe and you know that God is omnipresent, meaning he's always with you, that should change how all of us live. We should, if we realize God's always with us. So have that reverence. Add to godliness, brotherly kindness. That simply means treating others as if they're a close member of your own family in the church. Because guess what? They are a member of your family. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen? Amen. That means not gossiping about them, talking bad about them behind their backs. No, you're to have brotherly kindness. Add to your brotherly kindness love. That's back there. Love. That word is agape, the Greek. It's a selfless love. It's the love that God showed us by sending his son and It's a sacrificial love, and that's what we're to have. We're to add this to our faith. We're to love one another. We're to sacrifice our time. We're to sacrifice for others, putting others first. Then what? Verse 8. Glad you asked, by the way. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful, in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness, for he, and has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his old sins. Barren means useless, inactive. If these things are in your life, if you add these things in your life, you will not be useless, you will not be inactive, you will be fruitful. If you lack these things, it says, we'll be short-sighted. Short-sighted means you're not able to see ahead. You're even blinded. You can't see ahead of you. I I believe it's talking about you're you're not looking at the eternal. You're not looking ahead to the eternity. You're not realizing that one day we're all going to step, if you have faith, we're going to step into heaven for all eternity. Short-sighted is you're, you're just looking at here and now, my life. Just living for today instead of living for eternity. And then the exhortation as he ends this section, he says, the apostle Peter says, have you forgotten that you were cleansed from your sins? In other words, have you forgotten where you came from? Did you forget that God forgave you of all your sins? Have you forgotten that God has cleansed you and forgiven you and he went to the cross, he sent his son to go to the cross to die for all your sin? Are we forgetting that? And sometimes we can lose sight of that. And as we close this section here, I just want to say, don't forget where you came from. Has God forgiven you of your sins? All those hands that went up and says, I have faith, I believe in Jesus Christ. Well, have you forgotten where you came from? Hopefully not. Has God forgiven you of all your sins? Yes. And can I say this in the nicest way? Our text is saying, then grow up. That's what our text is telling us. Then grow up. Has God forgiven you? Are you delivered from sin? Have you been cleansed? Have you been forgiven? Did you, do you believe that Jesus died on the cross to take away the sins of the world? Is the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, washing you from all unrighteousness? Are you born again of his Holy Spirit? Then he's saying, then start growing up. Start adding this to your life because he wants you to develop. He wants you to mature. He wants you to grow. He wants you to be what he's called you to be. Don't miss out. Someone 
might say, well, pastor, you know, I want to be fruitful. I, I want a fruitful life. I, I want to you know, do all these great things. Well, add, to these, add these seven things to your faith and watch God work mightily. Because our text just told us you will be fruitful. You won't be inactive. If you start adding these things to your faith, look out. Watch God work. So, as we close, God wants all of us to be useful. He wants all of us to be fruitful. And we can be. We can be very useful. We can be very fruitful if we add to our faith these things. Listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our Sunday service times are 10 a.m. and 12 o'clock noon. Our Tuesday evening Bible study begins at 7 p.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.